This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0, Independent Community Media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme, God expects us to help others as well as ourselves. The Sin of Complacency Amos the prophet is what his name means. He is a burden bearer. His name is a reflection of the burden he must share with the northern cities of Israel during riches and wealth. He has a strong message, and this shepherd from the south comes, delivers the message, and is gone. By the time we find Amos speaking in chapter 6, he has already addressed the immorality and destruction of Israel's neighbours. Now he must address the sins of Israel herself. Surprisingly, the burden message names the comfortable sin of complacency as the root of Israel's destructive behaviour. We read from Amos chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. <coughs> Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, and trust in the mountain of Samaria, that lie upon beds of ivory, and stretch themselves upon their couches, and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stall, that chant to the sounds of the viol and invent to themselves instruments of music like David, that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments, but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore now there shall they go captive with the first that go captive, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed." Danger of the comfortable. Amos warns those who live so luxuriously that they even have ivory beds on which to sleep. They're well fed and have such a large amount of leisure time they can spend it writing for musical instruments. They drink to excess and have the luxury of using body lotions. Obviously Amos is distressed with the fact that the elite have much but the whole nation has little. Thus the reference to the elite's lack of grief or concern for the larger nation whom he names as Joseph. Being so lulled by their own satisfaction, they are unable to even know the dangers the whole nation is facing. There's a beautiful plant in marshy bogs called the thread-leaved sundew. It stands quietly above the boggy soil and with tall thin stalks waving in the air. Its beauty is deceiving because its projections ensnare prey wherever the prey touches. Once enslaved, the dams will fly and butterfly cannot use their wings to escape. Like the butterfly, those who come too close to comfortable wealth and are unaware of the ability to ensnare find it fatal. Danger from God 
Amos comes with a burden that not only must be he expose the sin of complacency, but also announce God's plan to do something about Israel's sins. Amos warns that all of Israel will be punished, but those who have had so much opportunity and been complacent about their social duties will be the first to suffer and will suffer the greatest. They will be carried into exile first. God gets involved in history. The Bible is primarily his story, and Amos challenges us not to be lulled into false security in our circumstantial wealth and comfort, but to use the wealth and comfort towards the benefit of the whole nation. Israel's sin was not their wealth, but their failure to use their wealth productively for the greatest good. A political cartoon was drawn in four frames. Each frame showed a minimum wage employee cooking a hamburger and serving it at a fast food restaurant. Each frame read as follows. Frame 1, a minimum wage employee. Frame 2, would have to work a full eight-hour day. Frame 3, to earn what a top CEO in New Zealand made. Frame 4, in, in the minute it took you to read this. Perhaps Amos' words about complacency and God's justice have their rightful place in our consciousness more than we care to think. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0. Our opening music today, Count Your Blessings. Written by Johnson and Oatman, Jr., born in 1856, who wrote 200 gospel songs and hymns every year for over 20 years, making a total of over 5,000. He would only accept a fee of one dollar for each one that he wrote. Count your blessings.
According to skeptics, one of the characteristics of pseudoscientific theory is that it contradicts a known scientific law. For instance, in biology, we have the law of biogenesis, which states that life only comes from life. Ironically, though, many self-professed skeptics ignore this scientific law when it comes to the origin of life. According to evolutionary theory, all life on Earth can be traced back to a single-celled organism, which itself arose from non-living chemicals. But this is a clear contradiction of the law of biogenesis, and not surprisingly, so far, scientists have been unable to validate this belief. Even Francis Crick, who won the Nobel Prize for co-discovering the structure of DNA, admitted, an honest man, armed with all the knowledge available to us now, could only state that in some sense, the origin of life appears at the moment to be almost a miracle. Well, maybe it was a miracle. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with The Old Rugged Cross, written by George Bernard, an American Methodist evangelist in 1913. It was popularized during Billy Sunday Evangelistic Crusades and has been performed by many of the 20th century's most important recording artists. The Old Rugged Cross.
Riches to Rags, the story of our fate. Let me give you a little advice. That phrase gets directed to us from time to time. Sometimes we listen, sometimes we don't. Sometimes the advice is good, at other times it's tired and tedious. Several months before a couple were married, some friends gave them a party. And as part of the festivities of the night, each guest was to write down on a card some advice for the happy couple. Of all the advice given, the only thing they remembered was what one friend wrote. Never take out a gym membership, he wrote with the aid of experience. Advice. That's exactly why the ageing missionary Paul offered to young Peter Timothy. We read now from Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great pain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced them through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith, they hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only have immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honour and power everlasting. Amen. Charging them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may hold on to eternal life. In these letters, Paul offers advice on a lot of subjects that deal with church business and personal growth. In these verses, Paul addresses the subject of contentment, where it is found and where it is not found. In the midst of a society that was driven by wealth and greed, Paul's advice to Timothy was to learn the lesson of true contentment. He begins with a reminder that we do not bring anything into the world and we will not take anything from it. If we have food and clothing, we should be content. In other words, if we have the necessities of life, we ought to rejoice. His advice turns to a warning in verses 9 and 10. He warns that those who want to be rich those who fail to find contentment will fall into temptation. They will be trapped by senselessness and harmful desires. Consider for a moment how much time and energy is spent on things that don't last. How truly senseless a number of our pursuits become when we view them in the context of God's universe and God's time. 
one of our greatest sins has to be the sin of wasting time. We focus on the unimportant button. We major on We toil and labor and sweat and strain over things that have no eternal value. Paul's warning continues, The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith. Have you ever known someone like that? Someone who will place their wealth over their faith? Someone who would make any sacrifice of business, but no commitment to the church? We often talk of going from rags to riches, but to those who make money their God, just the opposite is true. They exchange the riches of glory for mere earthbound rags. To young Timothy, Paul writes, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Pursue the things at last. How do we do it? How can we discover contentment and keep our wealth in perspective? I want to offer three ways to establish the right priorities to balance your life. Be concerned with people more than things. Go back and read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Underline every single verse that describes Jesus' love for things. Go ahead. Every time his wealth is mentioned, underline it. Each time his love for fine clothing is discussed, circle it. You don't even need to borrow a pen. There's nothing to underscore. Look instead where Jesus invested his life. It was in the lives of others. You won't read about Jesus' bank account or his home or his clothing. You will read about people whose lives became intertwined with his, people like blind Bartimaeus or little man Zacchaeus or the woman caught in adultery. Jesus was concerned first and foremost with people. Where do you invest your life? Examine the created order, plants, animals, fish, birds. God placed them all carefully on our planet, and yet he chose humankind at the height of his creation. If God placed people above all things, and if Christ valued people more than life itself, doesn't it make sense that people should be important to us too? Focus on the eternal and not the temporary. Sometimes we fail to see the big picture. We forget that there is more to life than just this existence. Whenever we fail to consider the eternal, our priorities get out of balance. We focus on this temporary life and forget that we need to spend time preparing for all of eternity. Every day we spend some time in front of the mirror. We comb hair, check clothing, brush teeth to a pearly white. We fuss over makeup, hair colour and neckties. We spend a lot of time on these earthly bodies. Don't you wish we had the wisdom to spend so much time on our spiritual bodies which will last forever? We tend to focus on the temporary rather than the eternal. Notice the language of Paul's warning. Flee from the senseless and harmful desires that keep your focus on the mortal. Instead, pursue or run after the eternal. Remember the auction of items that once belonged to Michael Jackson. For three days, everything from diamond rings to reading books went on the auction block and sold for an absolute fortune. People spent millions of dollars to own a piece of Camelot. But in the end, it's all stuff. Temporary, can't take it with you stuff. It doesn't belong to Michael anymore. 
and someday it won't belong to the people who own it now. Why not make investments that last forever? Spend time in prayer. Spend time with a little child who needs to hear the story of Jesus. Read the word of God. Get involved in missions. Give away a few of your things so that needy people will have necessities of life and will rejoice. Focus on the eternal each day, every day. Filter the voices of your life. We set priorities by listening to the right voices in our lives. It's like tuning a radio as your search for a clear station. As you turn the dial, there'll be some static, a few weak stations, a couple of country music stations, maybe you'll even pass over a couple of radio preachers, but finally you'll tune in to the one you want to hear. There are many voices in our world. Every one of them wants your attention. Each wants to control you. Some are good and positive, others are full of static. Some speak about things you don't want to hear. Yet you must decide which voice will control your life and focus on it. Ask some questions about the things you hear. Does it proclaim Jesus as Lord? Does it speak well of every person? Is it fair, truthful, honest? Will I be a better person for listening or will it, what is said begin to erode my character? A lot of the voices out there will tell you to be selfish. To look out for number one, to make more, have more, possess more. The voice of our Lord is quite different. It says, feed the poor, clothe the naked, visit the sick, serve humanity. Until we learn true commitment with the blessing of Christ in our lives, we will keep searching and desiring more, never quenching our thirst. Decide whose voice will get your attention, the world's or the saviour of the world. This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We close with Trust and Obey. One night at a Dwight L. Moody evangelistic meeting in Massachusetts, a young man stood up to testify about his confidence of salvation. He said, I'm not quite sure meaning he wasn't really certain that God would save him from his sins. And then he continued, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to obey, meaning that he planned to trust God for his salvation and do what he could to obey God's will. Trust and obey.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.